Good afternoon, Vietnam. How on earth are you? Welcome to the Sue Simpson Show. And today we've got something very, very special. That wasn't just because I wanted to sound like Robin Williams, because we're talking to a lovely old friend of mine called Simon Stevenson, all the way in Vietnam. So how are you today, Simon? I'm great, and uh, all the better for seeing you, Stu. It's what, really exciting. What time is it there? It is 5.32pm here. Excellent, that's very precise. <laughs> so how have you been? It's been a long time. It has been a long, long time. Um, yeah, I've, I've been living here now for about two years, and um, I came here on a, I guess, a, after a holiday of inspiration, I, I fell in love with the place, and... Um, fell in love with the mishmash of the cultures here. There's like a big mix of like Asia with like European and French culture in terms of like the food and stuff. And um, it's got a real uh, franticness about the places that kind of really inspired me. And I, I, yeah, I fell in love with it and I came and decided I'd live here for six months and see what happened. And then I fell in love and then, yeah, stayed, you know. Excellent. So I'll tell the people at home how we know each other because um, I've been on the folk scene for quite a few years uh, and I'm sort of branching in many different directions at the moment. But we met quite a few years ago just via mutual friends, I suppose, and mutual musicians back in the Northeast. And um, yeah, so what are you are you still playing folk music and, and is that happening in Vietnam? It is. I mean, I'm kind of making it happen for myself a little bit uh, in that. There is folk music here, but it tends to be more um, kind of singer-songwritery type of stuff. That's great, um, but there's not like a scene, let's say, like there is in Newcastle. Um, so my long-term hope is to is to make a bit of a scene. Really, um, there's a, I saw a guy, I think he's called Pete Airy, who's like a famous folk fiddle player, and he's living in like Bangkok now. And he managed to uh, establish like a, a bluegrass kind of scene in Bangkok. So I was like you know, it can be done. So um, I've started this podcast, the Get the Folk In podcast, to, to sort of get some attention, get some interest in, in something on the web. And then through that, I want to hopefully establish a, a music night here. Excellent. Uh, so what, what's, the pod, what's your podcast called again? Um, get the Folk In. So did they, how does it go down in Vietnam? Because are you playing to uh, expatriates or, 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 or locals or... It's mainly it's, it's mainly uh, expats um, out here, um, and this, as I said, there's like an open mic type scene, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you know that classic thing of like you can take the person out of where they're from, but where they're from never leaves them. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So I just like, played my first gig from... back in Newcastle on last Friday, and it was all specifically Newcastle centric. So I played Geordie songs, which. I've got a gig next weekend in, in Kent, in Broadstairs, and they'll all just think it's quaint, because, but they'll have no idea what I'm singing about, so I can understand where, where you might be coming from with that. So you, do you get any locals turning up to your gigs, as, as in people who, who are Indigenous to that area? Yeah, I mean, there's a mate of mine, Hugh Shade, who's a massive interest in music outside of the classical guitar, so he's, a, he's kind of... I see a bit of myself in him in, in that I, I came from a, a sort of fingerstyle guitar background in, in the south of England. And then I went to folk clubs and, and I, I remember hearing 
some guy playing the guitar and he was like, this is dad gad tuning, for example, and this is a folk tune. And I was like, wow, that sounds beautiful. And then hmm. someone was like, you know, have you heard of Nick Jones? And I was like, no, I haven't heard of Nick Jones. And then they gave me his LPs and, you know, the rest is mystery, like forged a whole part of my life. I was thinking about this the other day and it's a bit like the fingerstyle guitar thing, like Chin Atkins and those guys, and then matching that with this act, this traditional folk singing tradition it's just really amazing and being impressionable is is, is like a beautiful state isn't it i don't know if you find that uh, I, I find it beautiful and also terribly annoying <laughs> yes <laughs> well because because i get really interested in in one thing like hyper focus for quite some time and then i kind of wring the life out of it and then it's so once it's gone then, then i move on to to another thing like at the moment i'm really into um I'm very interested in Judaism. I've been watching a, pro- a program on Netflix, and that's so I'm just about this film. Then that's put me onto another band called Eighth Day, and so I keep going off into interesting tangents. But as soon as I found mm-hmm. it, then so yeah, so being impressionable in that sense, it's like wow, that's amazing. But part of me also feels as if I could just if I could only concentrate on one thing, then yeah. I might be able to get successful at it. But because I'm so interested in so many different things, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that so. I wouldn't say that's a, a limitation at all. I think that that's a, like a real strength. Creativity for me is like a, it's like a unifying of the mind, you know. So if you if you're feeling confused or something, it's like you play the guitar or something. It in, it brings everything into line, yeah. you know, in a way. So, so do you find you that you're it's like a meditation almost. Yeah, I was just going to say that you've you, got guitar playing. It's ever so you've got the classically trained. And then especially the finger style stuff, it's mm. it's really beautiful and it's, it's kind of uh, it, it's very meditative. Just back through just listening back to it, um, is that purposeful? Uh, and, and do you find yourself when you're playing that do you get into that meditative state? I do, and yeah, there's a whole lineage. I mean, I've, like today, I've just been watching this documentary on uh, Amazon Prime of a guitarist. From Carolina in the in the states, called Robbie Basho, who's who's who was a very famous. Who wasn't famous in his lifetime, but um, since his passing, he's become really famous as a, as a guitarist. This guy, like he he played fingerstyle, but he he got into like um, Japanese music and 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 also the the meditation and and uh, and he was a member of the is it the Meta Bravna, the American group of what Richard Thompson is. Sufi, yeah. Oh, yeah, Sufi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he, he, he meditates like for an hour before every gig and an hour after every gig. So, but I'm sure that's just to avoid fans at the end of it. <laughs> well, you know, he, I, I think he has the most attractive eyes. I actually accidentally met him at Brampton Live Festival. It was my, my first ever folk festival. I was mm. just browsing through CDs and I looked across and I saw this man in a, um, in a French berry. And I was like, what? Oh, okay. That's Richard Thompson. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah, but, he, but he did have very mesmerizing eyes. Well, it's like, there's something about that, that inner beauty that you get through that comes through, I think, in that in that in the playing, in the, that meditative state. There's something that happens in there, which I think everybody can relate to the beauty of it. Do, 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 does that make sense? Or am I just sounding extremely hippie? I've cast in my mind that before the interview. Because like just think, you know, like things that like fire you up, you know, and you're like, God, that was amazing. Hmm. Yeah, the gig for me that was the turning point was seeing Tommy Emmanuel at Chesham. It was like he's in Chesham, 
like Chesham Grammar School, and he uh-huh. just played. He, he played the Olympic Games, you know, like like the biggest gig in the world. And this this guy had done it, you know, he'd really mm-hmm. done it. And then he came and played for this fingerstyle guitar organization in the south of England in front of a hundred guitar fans. And you know, you would think, you know, he'd be a bit lackluster about the gig. Oh, I just you know, I've done that. Here's a hundred guitar fans. But the emotion in the playing was just unbelievable. And even he said himself, like, this, it feels amazing in here tonight. Like, I really feel I've made a connection in here. And he had, I think, I think about dozens, like all of the people were, that were in that room, it was like his, he played these things called harmonics in the guitar, and it was like notes cascading into mm. the heavens. You know, it was so beautiful. And there was this chord he played, and I remember him playing it, and I was like, I, I have to learn that chord. I have to find it on the guitar. What is it? What is this chord? And it was only later on, actually, like a, maybe five years later at university when I was doing the folk degree, that I'd worked out what this chord was, and it was, it was like a major seventh sus two chord or major seventh add nine chord. But it's so beautiful. It sounds, you know, I can't even describe it. It's like um, jazz meets just meditative, like a calm, like a calm color in your in your in your eyes. Really beautiful. And then he was like, he played all these really fast guitar pieces, and he played classical gas, and everyone was just tables. And then, but the and then the exact moment that I stood on my seat was when he played um, Day Tripper. And it just it was oh, wow. just like everyone in the room standing on, on the chairs because it was like, I can't believe he's getting this out of the time. And yeah, he's even to this day, and, and sorry, I'm just getting really excited, but and oh, then I, I saw a, a concert video of him recently on, on the net and he proposed that he'd been suffering from depression, I think it was. But the playing wasn't as, as virtuosic, but the emotion was just pouring out the guitar. It was like it was this salvation for an hour, was this guitar playing. Um, so yeah, he's a really moving artist, and he yeah, inspired me a lot. My my guitar is actually, and my guitar is called Emmanuel, named after Tommy Emmanuel, in in the hope that one day I'd be able to play at all, just even at like a smidge like that. But no, <laughs> it's just not. I'm too I'm too much of a punk rocker, like in my heart. Uh, but, I, but I so appreciate what you do and his style of playing. And that that it, I like. You listen to that sort of stuff, and it makes you want to be a better player. You know, it makes you yeah, kind of just explore that, that type of thing and but you mentioned about mental health and things in in the sort of uh what how music can sort of be a savior and all that sort of thing um oh, have you have you experienced any, anything like that yourself yeah um i mean yeah i, I mean i mental health wise now i'm in quite a stable place really um but i've had my you know my, my difficult times as i think most creative people do for sure with their mental health you know um at times and i think for me it it's like it gives you something in common with other people in terms of my mental health recovery i think that's actually quite separate bizarrely enough from my music i would say it's separate to the music in a way Mm -hmm. music's like a continuum it's something i always have done in good times and bad times um but the mental health recovery was was to do with um sort of evaluating things in my mind and like social anxiety, stuff like that, yeah. and looking at it in more of a realistic way. Uh, and then through that, you know, everything kind of settled down, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was in a jazz phase. I had a jazz phase. Yeah. I've never <laughs> so, been good enough to have a jazz phase. Yeah, I, I, I could never, I could, I could get away with, I can get away with some things, but I, I wouldn't say I'm a jazz. 
But mm. I, I could say man and play some jazzy chords. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Have you released any music recently? When you've been, have you recorded music while you've been out there? Yeah, I, 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 I've released uh, an album. I'm, I'm going to consider it more of a compilation of, of recordings. I'm called All In Line, uh, and I, I released this under my artist's... Actually, I have a pseudonym. I have an artist's pseudonym. I was going to ask you, why, why, why Time Stitch? I think, cause, yeah, I am a bit self-effacing, and um, there's something about having another name that I find comforting mm-hmm. um, for live work and recording work. Because a lot of the songs I was writing were about sort of moments in time as such. It's like, you know, stitching time yeah. saves nine. Isn't that the rhyme, wasn't it? It is, though. So, I, yeah, I decided to... Um, <laughs> it does free you up. I mean, because I've, 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 I still use to this day a number of characters that I'll play, and it's really scary. I mean, because I did my first comedy gig last Friday as myself. Yeah, exciting. And it was hilarious. It wasn't hilarious. That's not what it, it was. It was really terrifying to kind of yeah. go, right, this is. And I've got another character called Harold Donald Foreman, and he basically is like me times a thousand. Um, and he can say all the things that I want to say unabashedly. Uh, and I've had musically, I've had characters called like Bon Oyster, and at the moment I'm working with another lad um, from from a band who's been junior on a separate mm. project called They Might Be Sexy Lizards, and mm. I'm playing an alien in that called the Bronco Annihilator. But having these pseudonyms, is that would you say that's part of your acting? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I would, it's, um, but I think having that, I mean, having a pseudonym or having a, a different persona really helps bring out something. Uh, that that maybe you that you can't do. So do you find that with time stitch? Yeah, it's and it, it all kind of links in. You know, sometimes when you have a period of like high creativity, there's like a headspace that you're in, mm-hmm. and you want to link into that again. Because like when I was doing the Get the Folk in Nights, that was like a, a period that I remember you played at, at one of them. I just felt really open, like yeah. really open creatively and excited, and I wanted to sort of keep a continuum of a certain like headspace I had at that time through Absolutely. my life. Um, so that's why I've kept the kept the get the folk in name because um, that was like I wanted to carry on that spirit. Something that happened at that time that felt really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was it was really exciting. But with the, back to the on topic, the time stitch thing. Yeah, that's like that. I was in that headspace in in Newcastle before I came to Vietnam, and it felt quite open and exciting. So I wanted to carry it, carry it on. You know. So where were you from originally before you moved to the tomb? Yeah, I was. I'm, as you can probably tell, I'm, I'm from the south of south of England, yeah. um, from a town in Harbourshire called Berkhamsted. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you know sixth richest town in the UK. It's not a very very safe little place, you know. Um, but from that, I I went to the local folk club. It was in Chesham in Buckinghamshire, and I saw I saw so many people there that were great and inspired me. And actually, I saw Pete Coe there, like the famous oh, wow. folk. Yeah, yeah, we've had him at our festival. He's great, lovely man. Yeah, awesome, isn't he? And he 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 mentioned about the, the folk and traditional de- music degree to me um, when he came. It's a friend, you know, in Yorkshire yeah. tone that he has. A friend of mine, Vic Gammon, you know, took up this folk and traditional music degree. And I was well, like, you've got to try that great. degree in, in Newcastle over there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you've got, you've got the twang. Um, so yeah, I was like, I, I've got to. Um, to go and, and do that because I didn't really have any other option at the time. Really, I, the headspace I was in, I was just that was I just used to just socialize, going to the folk club, and you know. With, How um, old were you? I was 13, 14, 15. 
Wow, you're socialising in a folk club when when you're 13. Yeah, yeah. It was I was a, I was a strange I was a strange little boy. Um, it's all right. You grew up to be strange, man. It's fine. <laughs> of course, you're absolutely right. And then we've got our little uh, our you know <laughs> our strange our strange little bits of bobs now. So because uh, you've been involved in the folk club, did you ever take up Morris dancing? I did briefly, uh-huh. uh, but I, I, I can't get the hang of dancing. I, I'm not a dancer. I, it's like I can get my fingers to coordinate, but this whole big movement thing is yeah. in my bag. What I like about the folk world is the kind of family feeling you get to it. It's sort of a, it's it, very, it feels inclusive. Have you introduced your, your new family in Vietnam to, to the English folk traditions? Yes, I mean, I, I oh yeah, I, I sing to my son and I dance to your daddy every night. Mm. And, uh, Bonnie at morn. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he's and he's like he, he's really keen. Like he's only like nine months, but he's really keen to play the guitar. And, yeah. Uh, he, he like really um, loves strumming the guitar and, and um, yeah, he he's showing a young enthusiasm. You know. Um, Excellent. I love yeah, that. You're right about the homely feel. I mean, I have a namesake. We have the same surname, but with different families. It was the Ian and Andy Stevenson, the Ian Stevenson folk family. Daddy Stevenson is one of the people that runs Whitby Folk Week. Uh, and Ian like showed me loads of chords and, and how to play like different tunes on the guitar and stuff like that. And like you make these friendships for life, you know. But in terms of like what I'm, yeah, I've introduced. Um, my family to the folk music and, and my relatives here to folk music. But then they've introduced me to Vietnamese folk music, yeah. which like totally way out, you know, and yeah. um, they sing in this really bizarre mode and, and it's in these really kind of whaley like voices. Oh, and um, there's a guy I saw and they do this thing as well when they um, they play the guitar, the guitar, the frets are all over the place. This guy bashes, um, bashes the, uh, this kind of wooden block on the floor with his foot, with a kind of like a beat up. <coughs> it's kind of like antiphonal. It's not in time. He just mm-hmm. hits it off the beat, and and it's really bizarre. It's like totally different, totally different. What is that word again? Because that, that was I, I've not heard that word before. I really like that. Antiphonal. Antiphonal, yeah, like antiphonal responses. Oh, that's awesome. I'll have to look that up. Cool. Yeah. I'm, see, we're learning. I'm learning. <laughs> you do actually. Yeah, yeah. So when you think about when you con- combine English folk music and Vietnamese folk music, that that'd be quite an interesting sort of like mixture perhaps. Yeah, I'd love to do like like that's just sprung an idea in my head actually. You know, like those um, acapella videos you could do. You could do something oh, yeah. where um, like you play like a musical call and answer. So I I could play something on the guitar and then then they could do something like in response to it. Mm-hmm. You know. Of course, send it my way. I I, I need to hear it now. <laughs> yeah, that's it's, yeah, great. You fired me off there. Thanks. Oh, no, yeah, right. So, uh, uh, what are your plans for the future musically? Keep the Get the Pokemon podcast going because um, that's like I, I go through periods of like you know. Do you ever feel this like stale bread? You know, like you need a bit of fire again to no to sort of never. <laughs> Um, but this apparently, if if I do have ADHD, this is kind of one of the side effects. The fact that it it's in it, I've always been this way since I was little. It never stops. I'll move like literally all day. It's exhausting. Um, but I'll move from if I if I stop reading a book, I'll go go on a painting. I'll go to pick up the guitar, uh, acting things, and 
it's a very, yeah, very difficult to explain to, to somebody, yeah. but you assume that everybody else is like this, and then you find out, no, <laughs> it's, it's apparently, it's it's, it's a yeah. bit rare. Um, no, but I'd, I'd, and sometimes I, I wish that I have some stale moments, but then... Uh, I, I think it's great. I, th- I think it's it's it gives like boundless energy to make things happen. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, a, it's was, a really positive thing. I was thinking about this earlier in the sense that we're doing this thing now via, via Cumbria in England to... Uh, where are you? It's, uh, Hanoi. Hanoi. These communications, and you talk about energy and things moving around the world, and, mm-hmm. and, the, and the world is changing, like climate change and all the rest of it. And I was just wondering, as the internet is now such a big part of everything, and that mm-hmm. we've got boundless energy pinging about everywhere, and you think mm. it's that old saying that well, butterfly's wings flap somewhere and then it could, could create a hurricane in another part of the world. All these yeah. tiny little energetic movements is could this be what is this doing to us? That's really interesting. I've had I've had a dilemma in my head about reaction culture. Mm-hmm. Is it valuable? And then I've I've come to the conclusion that. It is to make things happen, but in terms of like longevity, it's like maybe the way to go is to is to look at making more patience so that we can sit through like sit you know because when I was I remember when I was young like sitting through an evening of music and it's obviously there's some songs you're going to be like okay I'm not that digging this right now yeah. but then I, I've seen through that part of the gig and then this amazing song happens you know what I mean absolutely so like. Maybe we need to try and foster our, within ourselves a patience yeah. that, we're, that, we're, that we're losing maybe in the world because, of the, as you said, the butterfly wing effect. Mm, absolutely. It's an interesting thing because I've been meditating over the last two years uh, and mm. I, I was brought up Roman Catholic and I prayed. I used to pray every day until I lost my faith when I was about 24. And mm. in the period between stopping praying and starting meditating, my mental health and my patience were just shot. I'd have, I'd have no patience for anything unless it was just like quick fire, rapid movement and, and sound and kind of all of the time. But since yeah. coming back to centering, I've got more time to listen to a thing, even if it's not my thing. I'll, yeah. I've got the time to kind of just sit and, and give it the space it needs. And uh, but I've also got bandmates who uh, understand where I'm coming from, and they'll, but they also understand an audience sometimes a bit better than I do. Um, which is which is great for the band uh, in the sense that they can go like okay now it's time for a slow song and it'll give you a moment to breathe. I'm like, but I don't want to breathe. Yeah. I want to keep going. <laughs> that's the adrenaline. I think that's, that's where you need a band, isn't it? Like, that's mm. the really hard part because I, I guess I've, at the moment I'm in a position where I have to be like a solo performer. Yeah. But that's the great thing about being in a band is you've got that interplay. So you, as you said, as you said, you can get that. You can spam, You can sponge off each other. Yeah, um, and you you've been in a couple of bands, haven't you? I have, yeah, and um, the, or I enjoyed them all. Like I, I went through a phase. I was in, I was in quite a lot of bands at one time. I was in a function band. Uh-huh. I was in indie band. It was a lot of fun. Um, was there something called the Burrs? Yeah, that's me. That was me, and Victoria Lawrenson, and that was um, that was great. That was a duo. We played Shetland folk music and some traditional songs, and that was really inspired by um, Karen Tweedy and Carr. Mm-hmm. All that kind of vibe, jazzy interplays um, between the two instruments. 
um, loved their albums at that time. Still dig them now. Um, yeah. If we had a gig yeah. in, uh, in Gateshead at a punk bar, so there's a... Yes! And we, we played support, didn't we? Yeah. That was very interesting, because we're a folk rock band being supported by a, quite a traditional folk duo in a punk venue. That was that was rather good fun. Yeah, it was. Yeah, push, push the push the boundaries. I mean, that's exactly. Um, so, uh, if you could choose a song to represent you, uh, and for people at home to listen to, because I've got to play it at the end of the show, what would it be? Um, yeah, um, I've chosen this song because um, it's a song that I feel represents my current creativity and where I'm going now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a song called Migrationology. This is like a guitar instrumental. Also, it's the only MP3 I have of my stuff. But, <laughs> but seriously, though, yeah, and it's like, it's got a, a lot of the kind of percussive elements into it and the folky feel as well. It's got some of the guitar feels I learned off Chris Newman, my guitar teacher at mm-hmm. university. And um, it's, about, it's about the travel and the inspiration I got from traveling. And, and I actually took the title of it from a YouTube vlogger called Mark Weens who like talks about food from around the world, this oh. American guy. But um, yeah, and it's, it's, it's got a kind of a, a folk feel, I guess. And it, it has um, a percussiveness to it. Mm-hmm. Again, links in with a lot of folk guitarists, kind of the sort of Nick Jonesy pop and snap. But I was more inspired as a guitarist called Don Ross from Canada, who does a lot of quite percussive, groovy guitar playing. So I threw a lot of those ideas in there and, and yeah, this was the piece that came out. Oh, excellent. Well, I'm going to play it now for the for the people at home. Thank you ever so much for, for joining us on the Stu Simpson podcast. Is there anything else that you would want to get across before we Great. sign off? Um, just please um, listen in to or get the Folk In podcast. That'd be great. And mm-hmm. I have an Instagram account where I put my weekly creative um, activities. What's that called? Um, it's Time Stitch instagram excellent and you have a band camp i believe as well i do yeah that's timestitch.bandcamp.com great well i shall stick all of your connections in the uh, in the link in the description so thank you ever so much and um goodbye vietnam (laughs) yeah lovely lovely to see you mate and um namaste namaste